Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or use the KPL app chat to be part of the conversation on this, your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet located at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. Glad to have them as a sponsor of the Joe Cunningham Show during this 5 o'clock hour. And boy, we have a lot of things to talk about and frankly, not enough time to talk about them. Let's start with this poll. This is a very bad situation for Joe Biden. I know you've heard bits and pieces about it today, this poll that shows Joe Biden in trouble. But you, you really need to understand just how bad the numbers are and why this is so bad for Joe Biden. Now, keep in mind, we're still a year away from the 2024 election. And a lot can happen in a year. It can. A lot can happen in a year. Events, circumstances, acts of God, they can all change things. But if this is the state of play right now, the Democrats don't have a lot of time to act. This is what the New York Times Siena College poll found. And you need to understand before you say this or that about polls, Siena College was the most accurate polling group in 2022, or one of the most accurate. Going back, looking at the data, they were one of the most accurate in predicting how 2022 was going to turn out. So keep that in mind when I tell you these numbers. In Nevada, Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden, 52-41. In Georgia, Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden, 49-43. In Arizona, Trump is ahead of Biden, 49-44. In Michigan, Trump is ahead of Biden, 48-43. In Pennsylvania, Trump is ahead of Biden, 48-44. Wisconsin is the only swing state in this poll to favor Biden, 47-45. 71% of all respondents said that Joe Biden is too old to run. Only 38% said the same of Donald Trump, despite only three years separating the two men. Biden dominated the youth vote in 2020. Now, Trump and Biden are statistically tied among voters under 30. 22% of black voters backed Trump in six swing states. Joe Biden's own pollster in 2020, his own 2020 pollster, the guy that ran polls for him in 2020, published a parallel opinion piece in the the New York Times under the title, Joe Biden is in trouble. 
What's more, David Axelrod went a step further asking if it is wise for Biden to remain in the 2024 race. Let me read to you David Axelrod's tweets. It is very late to change horses. A lot will happen in the next year that no one can predict, predict, and Biden's team says his resolve to run is firm. He's defied conventional wisdom before, but this will send tremors of doubt through the party. Not bedwetting, but legitimate concern. The president is justly proud of his accomplishments, David Axelrod said. Axelrod went on to say that Trump is a dangerous, unhinged demagogue whose brazen disdain for the rules, norms, laws, and institutions or democracy should be disqualifying. But the stakes of miscalculation here are too dramatic to ignore. Only Joe Biden can make this decision. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether it's in his best interest or the country's. That is David Axelrod who got Barack Obama elected, who is a well-known and fairly well-respected voice in democratic politics. And he is questioning whether it's wise for Joe Biden to run in 2024. He notes it's very late in the game to change horses. But should the Democrats do it? I don't know. Who do the Democrats switch to? There's a, uh, I think a memo or something, uh, some internal message that leaked. John Fetterman's accusing Gavin Newsom of secretly running for president against Joe Biden. Gavin Newsom might be the only one who has the, the chance. Kamala Harris doesn't stand a chance. Pete Buttigieg doesn't stand a chance. Now, along with this, let me go back to that minority vote thing, because this is the dangerous part for Joe Biden. He is losing those demographics. I've been telling you the demographics game. Democrats have been chasing demographics for a long time. And they're starting to lose their key demographics. CNN's John King pointed this out in a report published over the weekend. The mood a year from now will affect the president's re-election odds more than the present mood. But would the president have a black turnout problem if the election were today? John King writes, yes, he would. One volunteer in Wisconsin told us he would have a big problem. A couple hours with the with the canvassers backed up that assertion, as did interviews in both Milwaukee's inner city and along its suburban edge. One person that CNN interviews said, all these candidates come by and sell us these promises. You know, say, you got to vote for me to save democracy, and then we don't always see them again. And so folks get more and more turned off from the political process. Missing from new Biden ads running in, in Wisconsin is an issue raised often in the overwhelmingly black neighborhoods on Milwaukee's northern edge. One activist said people are wondering, what is he doing in terms of police accountability and criminal justice reform? That's a big issue in our community. That activist, however, told CNN on Wednesday that she hadn't heard much from any Biden or DNC field organizers, but that a GOP organization recently had canvassers going door to door in black neighborhoods. 
Issues aside, Lang said, the, the activist said, it is critical that the 2024 campaign get back to basics. People always want to see people paying attention, and sometimes that means being able to physically be here and engage. With the pandemic, he couldn't hold the big rallies. He could, to have the roundtable in-person discussions, the big thing with our community, like I think many others, is that folks want to be heard, and I think that's step one. I don't know that Joe Biden can go out and hold big rallies and hold the roundtables and hold these discussions and town halls and things like that in these places where he really needs that big demographic turnout. I don't know that he's able to actually do that. And if he can't, those black voters are going either to the GOP or just staying home. These are all bright, bright red flags for the Biden campaign. More on that and more of your news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show. But first, let's take a look at our pest of the day. Let's go to one of our favorite media outlets, Rolling Stone Magazine, known for awful music takes and even worse, political takes. The headline, Mike Johnson admits he and his son monitor each other's porn intake in a resurfaced video. It may shock you to know that the reporter, Daniel Kreps, is lying. That's not what they're doing. Mike Johnson installed a parental monitoring software on his son's phone. He then installed it on his own phone so that his son would see this isn't just some arbitrary thing we're doing. We're all taking this seriously. Mike Johnson didn't want pornography on his kid's phone, and so he put a monitoring app on there, something millions of Americans do. But of course, a mainstream media outlet like Rolling Stone wants to make it sound as perverted as possible when that's really not the case. So that's why the Rolling Stone Magazine and Daniel Kreps are our pest of the day, brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. You can find them online at jjext.com. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise. Now, I've been saying that a lot. I need you to understand why, because this hour is brought to you by Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer. Nine years in a row, service Chevrolet. Stop by, check out their huge selection. Next time you get a chance, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey Parkway here in Lafayette, you can get it all at service Chevrolet. Not just go and look at some cars, but actually new used cars, plenty to choose from. There's parts and service. There's a body shop and collision center right there. They've got fine line custom auto. They've got the wash. Tons, tons of things that you can take advantage of by going over to Service Chevrolet. They've got new inventory arriving daily. So now is your time to stop by or shop online at servicegm.com. Service Chevrolet Cadillac, our family serving your family for the last 50 years. Chevy, find new roads. And that's why this is your 5 o'clock news cruise, taking you home during your 5 o'clock drive home. All right, when we get back, you heard Moon and Scott McKay talk about this morning. I want to dive a little bit more into the Garrett Graves stuff. Garrett Graves seems to be the most hated Republican in Louisiana right now. I want to explain why, what happened, and how this is not going to be good for Graves going forward. That plus your calls, your messages on the app here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message to the KPL app chat and be part of 
part of the conversation on your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet Chevy. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet located at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey here in Lafayette. Thank you very much, Service, for being our 5 o'clock sponsor. So, Congressman Garrett Graves, as some of you may have guessed listening to me in the past, not a fan, not a fan of Garrett Graves. And my distrust, I was, you know, I was talking with Moon this morning. I was running the board for Moon, talking with him, you know, about the Garrett Graves stuff off the air. And one of the things I had mentioned is, I know Moon has is, is pretty much maintained that, that from the jump, Graves really seemed like, it, at best, middle-of-the-road guy, at best, a moderate. And that may be. But the, the moment that really sealed it for me was when Graves became Kevin McCarthy's little policy boy. Graves is, he, 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 he found himself suddenly in Kevin McCarthy's good graces. Now, there's a couple reasons why. The first is that Garrett Graves is really a policy nerd. Kevin McCarthy is not, so he wants to find people loyal to him, or he wanted to find people loyal to him who still were smart in policy. And and so that would be his inner circle when it came to trying to drive the Republican conference. Um, But Graves was also a thumb to the eye of Steve Scalise, and here's why. Back in January... Back in January, when Kevin McCarthy was running to be the speaker, Steve Scalise was mentioned as a possible alternative. Kevin McCarthy has skeletons in his closet. There's no doubt about it. And there have been rumors that have followed him through his leadership of the Republican caucus. And those were threatening to rear their ugly heads again. So some Republicans were forward thinking enough to consider, hey, maybe we need to look at Steve Scalise. Well, McCarthy didn't like that. So he picked Garrett Graves to kind of start grooming him to replace Scalise in Republican leadership. And so Graves got in. Scalise was on the outs. Graves was handpicked by McCarthy to be at the negotiating table with the Biden administration over disastrous spending compromise. McCarthy had the upper hand, handed the reins over to Garrett Graves. They negotiated with the Biden administration. They came away with something truly awful. And that was sort of the beginning of the end for McCarthy. He was on very thin ice after that. Well, after McCarthy was ousted, Then it became a race between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. And the rumors that the the allegations that Steve Scalise had spoken at a David Duke event in South Louisiana started making their way to the ears of certain Republicans, Nancy Mace being one of them. Garrett Graves is allegedly the one who was calling other members of the Republican caucus and telling them that. 
he was the one putting that out there, reminding people, hey, there's this allegation. Never mind that the allegation is nonsense. And that, in fact, Steve Scalise has been defended by Democrats here in the state of Louisiana as this is a BS thing. He's not a racist. He's not working with the Klan or anything like that. But Garrett Graves helped tank Steve Scalise as the replacement for Kevin McCarthy. Scalise, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Graves was at odds with the rest of the Louisiana uh, delegation over that. Graves and McCarthy were also very upset when Mike Johnson's name started to emerge as a possible speaker replacement. And Graves voiced his concern. Graves has, as Moon said this morning, he's knifed Steve Scalise in the back. He's knifed Mike Johnson. He is, I think, in the process of trying to knife Julia Letlow in the back by trying to make it her district that gets divided or gets turned into a, into a majority-minority district. But if you listen to the conversation between Moon and Scott McKay this morning, it's looking more and more like it's definitely going to be Graves' district that becomes a majority-minority district. But he tried to make that happen. He tried to get favorable redistricting at the expense of a lot of other members of the Louisiana delegation. He endorsed and backed Stephen Wagesback for governor. He, he contemplated running against Jeff Landry himself before backing Wagesback. I don't know of anybody. McKay this morning on Moon Show said, I don't know anybody who's rolled snake eyes more times than Garrett Graves has. I don't think it's a matter of luck. I think it's Garrett Graves has looked at every horse in the lineup getting ready to go out to the big race, and he keeps picking horses with three legs. At best, he's not picking championship horses to back each and every time. It's very weird the way he's doing it. But as a result, Garrett Graves is the most disliked Republican among political circles in Louisiana. And that's including Bill Cassidy. Even Bill Cassidy backed Jeff Landry. And Garrett Graves is like, nah. Graves wanted so badly to be a power player, to be part of leadership in Washington, D.C., to be a power broker in Louisiana. He tried to take out Steve Scalise. He tried to sabotage Mike Johnson. He has tried to wield a little more influence than he actually had in other ways. More and more, he makes the wrong decision. But this all goes back. His, his current status among politicos in Louisiana, among the Republican delegation, or the Louisiana delegation as a whole, all of this stems back to the fact that he chose, he chose to side with Kevin McCarthy. 
He chose the path of leadership and the path of insider Washington than supporting Louisiana, supporting Louisiana's congressmen, supporting Louisiana's Republicans. He chose to be a Washington insider and be in Kevin McCarthy's inner circle. Say what you want about Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise is not the most conservative guy in the delegation either. By far. A lot of the reason that that Steve Scalise could not become the speaker is because a lot of conservatives remember how he screwed over the Republican Study Committee years ago. But still, Steve Scalise is still pretty well-loved in the state of Louisiana. He's pretty well-liked among a lot of his colleagues. And Garrett Graves had no problem sticking the knife in his back. I understand that a lot of people don't want politicians who play politics. They want politicians who will go there and disrupt. That was never going to be Garrett Graves. But understand that even if you are a good conservative fighter, you still got to do some of the inside maneuvering. You still got to make nice with some people. You catch a lot more flies with honey than vinegar. To borrow the old phrase. And Garrett Graves decided to start knifing his Louisiana colleagues in the back rather than play nice and, you know, be part of a united Louisiana front. Things might have played out a little bit differently with Scalise. I doubt it. But they might have ended up differently with Scalise if the entire delegation had been on board. Now, Mike Johnson and Clay Higgins... Uh, had kind of been criticized in some media outlets for not speaking up for Steve Scalise. But I know for a fact that behind the scenes, they were like, hell yeah, let's have a Louisiana guy be the speaker. That'd be great. They didn't actively oppose him. They probably made phone calls for him when it became clear that he was going to be the next candidate. But you know what you didn't have? You didn't have them going around and knifing Steve Scalise in the back. You didn't have Clay Higgins or Mike Johnson or anybody else in the Louisiana delegation try to screw over their colleagues. And now, if this majority-minority district thing works out the way the Democrats want it to, likely Garrett Graves is going to be facing re-election in 2024 against a minority candidate or a Democrat with solid backing in a majority-minority district. And I'm willing to bet he doesn't have a whole lot of people coming to his defense in the Louisiana delegation. All right, let's take our last break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 96.5 KPL. Stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Wrapping up your five o'clock news crews brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Go check them out at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. Let them help you with all of your automotive needs. You can call in. We got a couple minutes left. 232 1542 or send a message through the KPL app chat. Folks, I want to wrap up today by just saying I understand 
I understand some of y'all are a little bit disappointed in how some of our football turned out this weekend. I understand it was tough to watch the Cajuns not make it. It was tough to watch LSU fall short. It's tough to see New Orleans seemingly struggle against the Chicago Bears of all teams, but there was a bright side to the weekend. Because despite everything else that happened in football this weekend, the Atlanta Falcons lost to a Minnesota Vikings team whose second-string quarterback was injured. The first one was already out. And the guy they put in was a guy that they basically just picked up off the street a few days before. Got sacked for a safety earlier in the game. I think might have been responsible for a fumble or two. The Falcons go into halftime up 11-10. to Manage to get up to 28 points and maintain the lead until the very end of the game when the Minnesota Vikings were able to pull off the win 31-28 to under a quarterback with minimal experience. Despite everything else that happens over the weekend, we can rejoice in knowing that the Atlanta Falcons have once again just been absolutely terrible when it comes to maintaining a lead and winning a key game. You guys have a great day. Guess what? I know, Scott, it's dark out here. I'm not a fan of the time change. I'm not a fan of it being dark right now, but we do have basketball season starting. Raging Cajuns men's basketball, not too far away. In fact, you'll be able to hear it in just a little bit. So stick around. Of course, we've got Mark Levin until then. You can find me back here tomorrow, 23 hours from now. In the meantime, find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast going up sh- uh, uh, shortly on my Substack, Joe Cunningham Show on Substack. You can find it all there. Talk to you again tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.